Party people, how you feeling? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Papa Jug Podcast. How you doing? Hope you had a great week. Or if you're listening to this later, I hope you're going to start a new one. GG's. Woohoo. Hope you guys are great. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. In fact, we had a topic that got added uh, just a couple hours ago, just before the show went live. Oh, actually, now it's more than a few hours ago. Um, I didn't really think about talking about it, but then I had uh, Right Tark in my community who was like, hey, Fortnite dropped. And I was like, oh, good point. That should be in the show. So we're going to talk about that tonight, too. Uh, but tonight we do have quite a bit to go over. I wanted to remind everybody of a couple of things. Uh, first of which is, uh, I am still going for YouTube partner, so I need 500 YouTube subs and hopefully you can be part of that. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please, please, please go do so. Uh, you don't have to watch content. You don't have to comment on everything, but at least a sub would help. Uh, it would help me get to that 500 number. We're almost halfway there. Uh, publish some new content today. In fact, this is Friday, publish some new content on Friday and, Unless you're in the farther parts of the world that live in the future, in which case it's Saturday. And so we published some new content today, so check that out. Picked up some new subscribers from it, which is fun. Um, the other interesting thing was the person that we picked up who decided to leave a comment about it that was, let's just say, less than positive. Uh, they decided to be a toxic piece of trash, and they left a fun comment, which I'm still laughing about because when I saw their username and then I saw the comment and I was like, you really want to talk? You want to open your mouth? Okay. I mean, you do you, Bubba. It's it's the internet. Have a good time. So that was fun. Um, and I don't care, guys. I, I'm leaving, you know, I, I'm i a content creator on the internet. People are going to say things about me. I, I'll be okay with it. Um, so, the, uh, so like I said, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. Uh, it's a big help. And then... I announced on Twitch this week that I am, or the end of last week, I guess, uh, I am going to be going for Twitch partner. Uh, I spoke with some Twitch partners at TwitchCon, which we're going to talk about uh, tonight a little bit. Uh, I spoke to some Twitch staff, and I kind of got the same vibes from everybody. I got the same answers from everybody, which is like, yeah, you seem to be on the path, so go for it. It, it, It's a good idea. You should do it. Uh, so we're going to talk about TwitchCon for a little bit tonight and what you probably don't know about TwitchCon if you've never been there. It is a unique experience. I'm not saying it's like earth shattering or anything, but if you are a content creator on the internet, um, specifically Twitch, but kind of anybody could learn from it, there is a ton of stuff. So uh, this is a live show. <laughs> uh, hopefully you would have, yeah, it's it's live, buddy. This is... This is Welcome live. You're watching a live broadcast. Like it should show you on anyways. Um, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit, uh, but there is new content. There's going to be a uh, fresh content that dropped on Sunday. If you're listening to the audio of this uh, yesterday or whenever you downloaded it uh, Sunday, there will be new content as well. A little bit of a new short, a new short. Uh, I am working on a more long form content. It is probably going to be a three to five minute video based on star citizen. Uh, so if you're into star citizen, you're going to want to check that out. It should be, if I can get the editing done on Sunday, then it should be launching probably Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, but there is some audio that's got to be cut. And anyway, so I'm not going to bore you with the details, but uh, that stuff's going to be coming this week as well. And then, uh, oh, that's right. So also uh, something that isn't on tonight's agenda, but I do want to talk about it a little bit is CitizenCon. If you are not a Star Citizen player, 
but you've heard about Star Citizen, you've probably seen the memes, you've probably heard the rumors, you've probably heard the criticisms. If you know, if you've listened to me, you've heard some really cool things about the game. CitizenCon was kind of like eye-watering for everybody that was there. And it would have been nice if I was there, but I was in Las Vegas at TwitchCon. So it was it it's a game changer. And I don't say that about the developer a lot because the developer has a long decade history of promising things that don't show up or don't show up in nearly the time they said they would. It's like, hey, that'll be out in 2016. It's 2023 now. We still don't have that. Those kinds of things. I don't like I'm not a fanboy of um, Cloud Imperium games. So but I can tell you that CitizenCon, with all of my skepticism, but cautious optimism as well. CitizenCon changed the game. If you have not played uh, Star Citizen and you like either sim games, not the sims, but like simulator games, um, space sims, um, combat games, FPS, MMO, um, if you are lo- beautiful environment, like if you love a game with a beautiful environment, something you could do virtual photography in, you need to check out Star Citizen. And the thing about CitizenCon was that it got even the media's attention, like even the media, like everything from Dexerto to IGN, like everybody was like, hey, Star Citizen might happen. It might actually get released. And the reason they're saying that is because Star Citizen is the MMO side of the game. Star Citizen is that multiplayer, huge environment, 4 million players, blah, 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 or 4 million accounts, sorry, 4 million accounts. Um... It's a it's a big environment. The single player side is what the original project was. It was called it's called Squadron Forty Two. Huge stellar cast. Like you're talking Mark Hamill, Gary Oldham, um, Gary Oldman. Um, uh, 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 oh my God, Henry Cavill. Um, uh, uh, Jesus, I'm blanking on all their names, but it's like this huge superstar cast. Great motion capture, great audio. Like, it's a, it's an amazing project. That's the single-player side that in 10, almost 11 years now of development, no one has played it. No one has seen it. It's been developed almost entirely in the background with monthly updates, but just written one, just like, hey, here's what we worked on this month because it's part of an accountability thing because of Kickstarter. But yeah, so Squadron 42, and, or uh, uh, CIG announced Squadron 42 is now feature complete. We're we're done building the story and the and the gameplay and all of that. We're just gonna go into polishing mode, which will probably take a year or so. In CIG world, it'll probably take two years or so, but it is what it is. Open world, yeah, open world. There you go. Immersion. Good words. Good words in chat. Good words in chat. Uh, so, Squadron Forty Two is actually feature complete. It's going to go into polishing and then probably into a beta. And then probably release. But like even the media that has been so skeptical and so negative, even they are turning around and saying, we might actually get this game. What? Okay. Wow. It's beautiful. Like all of a sudden the compliments are coming out. Uh, there was a, a clip that went live on uh, Friday. There was a clip that went live from a guy who plays star citizen, which again, that's the multiplayer side. He plays that game. Cause that's the only game you can play. He plays that game in VR. And it's not a VR game. They're, they're like building a VR capability for it. It's still very rough. But he was playing it with VR through some compatibility. 
And uh, Dexerto wrote an article that said uh, this Twitch streamer might be the first player to ever experience a um, solar flare in VR because he's sitting there playing and it gives you a little warning on screen. It says coronal mass ejection detected. That's code for a solar flare. And all of a sudden he gets blinded. It's like a nuke goes off in front of his face and he's just like, oh my God. And it's kind of funny to watch. But anyway, so that kind of stuff is what's coming out. And the media is on that. Uh, they're paying attention now. Some people are paying attention because you saw comments on X. You saw comments from people like, what game is he playing? It's like, dude, the game's been around for 10 years, but it's an alpha. So you don't know what it is. So the, the media is waking up. The public is waking up. CitizenCon changed things. So if you are wanting to do that, I encourage you check out my profile. You will see a link to Star Citizen where you can start your account. To start the account is completely free. You have to buy the game at some point if you want to play, but there are a couple of, you know, two, three free fly, what they call free fly uh, weeks throughout the year where you can try the game without spending a dime. All you have to do is create an account and then I I will guide you through it. I am a star citizen guide, so I'll answer whatever questions you have. I'll try to answer them accurately. That's kind of a stretch. Uh, So all that stuff is happening, but if you want to try star citizen and you haven't yet and you don't want to spend any money. All you've got to do is look on my profile, or I think you can do exclamation SC in chat. I don't remember, uh, but it's kind of everywhere. You'll find my code. Use my code because not only do you get all the free stuff for the referral that the game developers give you, but I will also give you 1 million credits in game. I pay you myself. I give you these benefits, and then I will help you get started. I'll help answer your questions. You get a leg up on the people who just log in and start trying to figure shit out because it has the biggest learning curve I've ever experienced in gaming to understand like the, the control, the key binds are like a page and a half. I mean, it's, it's so extensive. It's anyway, it is what it is. If you want to check it out, check it out, but we are getting close to release and it's going to be exciting. So, um, like I said, you got questions, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to answer them. We're going to move on to tonight's episode. Like I said, that was unscripted. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a few things, including TwitchCon 2023, things you might not know. We're going to be talking about the Steam class action lawsuit. We're going to be talking about the PC Gamer Top 100 Games of 2023 and all the problems I have with the list. Uh, We're going to be talking about Fortnite OG, which dropped. And then finally, our big chat of the night is going to be doxing. I think you can understand why. So we're going to be going into those things. So let's roll right into it. And again, I hope everybody is having a great morning or a great day or a great night because that's what you deserve. So first thing tonight, let's talk about the Steam class action lawsuit. If you haven't heard about this, I'm kind of not sure how, uh, because this has been going on for at least, uh, well, now almost three years. So Steam got sued by a bunch of customers and also game development. Like there was a whole, yeah, whatever. Steam got sued basically saying that Steam was artificially inflating the price of games and the way that games were priced on their platform. They were they were forcing an issue. So uh, I want to go into blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Hold on. Uh, yeah, so basically things changed because judges, time went on. And it was no longer Steam, you know, basically being a monopoly and forcing brick and mortar stores, you know, like a GameStop or something like, you know, negatively impacting their business because of the power of Steam. 
but Valve also got sued and the judge wouldn't allow those cases to be brought together. The judge said that uh, Valve can only be sued individually or through arbitration by customers, individual customers. They can't class action it. But then they were allowed to move forward with a class action case against Steam. Well, that's basically done now. And you, if you bought a Steam game between like 2020 and 2022 or something like that, you can actually go to one of the law firms that did the lawsuit and you can get a little piece of money. It's not much. It'll be a, it'll be a few bucks, you know, probably less than 100, but you get some money back because according to the courts, Steam was manipulating the pricing structure of games. They were manipulating uh, how games got sold. Uh, they were manipulating the, in, the whole gaming environment. Um, it's probably part of the reason that games are going to, on average, AAA titles are going to be 80 bucks. It's just that's the way that things are going. And part of, part of it is because of what Steam did. And again, you couldn't sue Valve, but you could sue Steam. It's weird. So uh, in the original rule, I'm going to read this from an article on Ars Technica. In his original ruling, Judge Kofnauer, let's go with Kofnauer, dismissed the, uh, the studio's claims that Steam's 30% fee, because Steam does take 30% of the, of the gaming fee, uh, the fee to publishers was higher than what the company would take in a more competitive market. So in other words, they were allowed to price gouge. At the time, the judge noted that Steam's fees had remained the same from its launch in, in 2003 sorry, through its alleged market dominance in 2013 and beyond. However, in his new ruling, Judge Kofnauer was receptive to the argument that Steam's fees relative to the competition have changed during that time. Quote, in those early days, the defendant, Steam, was competing against brick-and-mortar game distributors, but the new complaint makes it clear that defendant did not need market power to charge a fee well above its cost structure because those brick-and-mortar competitors had a far higher cost structure. So in other words, the judge took a fresh look at the new complaint and said, yes, yeah, Steam was you know, using its market dominance to artificially inflate the pricing. So bad turns. Uh, in the latest ruling, he seems uh, the judge seems receptive to earlier arguments that Valve, which owns Steam, uses its monopoly power and locked-in player base to impose punitive restrictions on publishers that might otherwise decide to avoid Steam. The ruling makes particular note of, quote, a Steam account manager who... Other, uh, sorry, who informed plaintiff, uh, the, the game developer, that it would, quote, it would delist any games available for sale at a lower price elsewhere, whether or not using Steam keys. The amended suit also alleges that, quote, this experience is not unique to the developer, unquote, which could factor into the developer's proposed class action complaint. So in other words, if Steam found out that you were selling your game cheaper somewhere else, like the Microsoft store, they would delist you from Steam. They were just being bullies about it. Kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, so that's what's going on. You can look up, and, and I'll try to put these in the show notes, but there are three law firms that were involved in this. They they collaborated, but they didn't. like they, they had to press their own cases, but there were three law firms that represented in this class action lawsuit. You can go to their websites, fill in your information, and become part of the settlement. It's a fairly easy process, but you do have to have had, I want to see if I can find those dates because I don't think I have them. I'm sorry, but you had to be using Steam from something like 20, 
2019 or 2020 to 2022, whatever. It's a thing. You can do it. And uh, like I said, I'll drop those in the show notes, definitely for the audio version, uh, but I'll put them into YouTube as soon as I can because I want to look up those three uh, firms again. And I want to make sure you guys get the information that you need. So all of that, Woo, you get $2. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's what's going on with Steam. If you haven't heard about the class action, you probably qualify if you're a PC gamer because pretty much every PC gamer has or had a Steam account. You probably bought it and you did have to buy a game. You couldn't just be on Steam like you had to have bought a game. Um, and then, you know, you get some compensation because you paid more than you probably would have otherwise. Okay. Okay. Up next, talking about TwitchCon for a second. If you haven't watched it already, and again, if you are a Twitch creator, okay, if you're a Twitch streamer or Twitch content creator of any kind, um, check out the uh, video that I have here on the YouTube channel. It is my TwitchCon 2023 recap. It is three hours of content. It is all the notes that I have from almost every session I took at TwitchCon, including two that I walked out of because they were so bad, but it wasn't, well, one of them was Twitch's fault. One of them was not Twitch's fault. Um, but you know, basically it was, it's all the things that I learned for content creators. A lot of it also applies to viewers. It gives you a better understanding of how Twitch comes up with features. It gives you a better understanding of not just how to support a creator on Twitch, but also how to get the most out of your viewing experience. You know, screw the creator at some point, it's gotta be good for you as a viewer. Um, and there's, there's tons of stuff interspersed throughout that three hour video, uh, and what I did for you guys was, and this was not easy because I didn't do visuals during, so I had to literally do it by audio cues. I chaptered the entire video. So if you look at it on YouTube and you're, and you go into the video description, you're going to see the chapter markings from minute zero to minute two hour, uh, 120, 239 or whatever the minutes are. So, or 219. Uh, so they're all there. So if, if there's only certain things you want to take a look at, you can look at the description and you will find what you're looking for, but I encourage you to go there. What I wanted to talk to you about tonight was not a recap of what I learned. I already did that video. What I wanted to talk to you about on this particular show was the value of TwitchCon itself. What goes on at TwitchCon and why you might want to attend as either a viewer or a creator. TwitchCon is an interesting experience because it brings together a lot of different parts, as most conventions do. TwitchCon brings together uh, hardware companies, you know, like uh, Intel was there, Alienware, uh, Meta was there representing Quest, um, Doritos was there, and I'll talk about Doritos again because Doritos deserves gets bashed for what it is. I, I bashed them on the recap, and you're going to hear me do it again tonight. Um, who else was there? Uh, I'm trying to think of other hardware companies that were there. Sure was there. Um, I'm walking down the aisles of all the, the booths, uh, Ford was there. Honda was there. Chevron was there. Um, those aren't hardware companies, but they do make physical things. So anyway, tons of, tons of different companies. Um, who else was, oh, Sony was there. Of course, Sony was there representing in, in zone. I think it was in zone. Uh, so, you know, all, all these different companies, but it also brings together, uh, game developers, there were game developers, you know, there that were representing like, uh, uh, who makes seven days to die? I want to say it's behavior, but that's, is that right? Seven days to die or is that shit? Whatever. The people for seven days to die were there. They were talking about their new game. 
you know, so game developers are there. Players are there. Uh, Twitch celebrities are there. YouTube celebrities are there. Like dream has dream has his own like panel meet and greet. Like you know, everybody's there. It, it's a big thing. So all of those things are there. Um, and then there's a ton literally from the, the moment the doors open to the moment the doors close, there are education sessions. Now this, the sessions are intended for creators that, there's some panels, there's some music stuff, but there's educational stuff for creators and it literally goes from start to finish. And I try to attend as many as I possibly can, uh, because obviously this only happens once a year and I want to learn new things so that I can improve my content for all of you. So what you may not know is that Twitch, uh, I heard this admitted in one of the very early panels. In fact, this was from their chief Always forget this guy's name or title. I want to say it's his chief monetization officer, something like that. He he invents products and shit. He like he figures out ways for creators and Twitch to make money. Um, he admitted the the first session I was at. I think it was. He said, you know, one of the reasons that we can be a little bit more open with you guys, we can tell you some things that we might not put in a press release, is because we're not here being recorded. We can talk to you openly because we're trying to share things with you that are relevant to you, but we can't go out and tell the entire world like, hey, you know, we're going to be launching this product or that product. Like we want your feedback. We want to talk to you guys about it. We want to tell you what's coming up and then you tell us what you think of it. TwitchCon is very, he was very, very open about it. And that's something you won't get if you're just watching the Twitch blog. That's something you won't get if you're just watching the media is you're not going to get these little nuggets because what they talk about in the sessions is not typically what they talk about like during the opening ceremony. Like this year at TwitchCon, the opening ceremony, Dan Clancy came out and he talked about how they're going to allow simulcasting and they've got all these new ideas. That's cool and that's press release stuff. But in the sessions, you can ask questions. And that was the really, really cool part was... I did ask questions. I asked questions last year. I asked questions this year. I asked the questions that sometimes they wish I didn't. But very conversational, very open. They're blunt. You know, they'll flat out tell you. And the other cool thing is you get to ask Twitch partners. It's not just staff. Most of the panels are populated by Twitch partners. How did they get to where they are? What do they think about where they are? What do they think about Twitch? What do they think about Kick? What do they think about YouTube? What do they think about their old days at Mixer? They go through all of these things and they'll just have these conversations with you. They're really, really cool to me. They don't, most of them don't have huge egos. Most of them are just willing to talk. And that's a great thing. And like I said, I, I spoke to quite a few of them that weekend, um, which is why I got encouraged to go for Twitch partner. It's a long road, but I'll do it. I'll, I'll crush that goal. So is that blood tide? It is blood tide. Hey, blood tide. Um, blood tide. That totally should have worked. I activated it for this stream. I don't know why water didn't work. Sorry, guys. If you're watching the VOD of this, there's a little thing at the bottom for Liquid Death because we're trying to get Liquid Death's attention so that we can become sponsored by them. And there's supposed to be exclamation water. It's activated for the YouTube channel and it's, yeah, it it's on. Like I, I literally tested it before I went live, but whatever. Okay, we'll move on. So TwitchCon offers that. If you are a content creator, TwitchCon offers the ability to have those conversations that you can't have otherwise. Okay, so there's that. The other thing is you get to meet other content creators who aren't Twitch partners. You also get to meet fans. 
This was the second year that I've been, but this was the first year I really had a chance to meet up with fans, other content creators who were at TwitchCon, and I handed out some really, oh shoot, where'd it go? Getting there. Uh, there is no commands command for YouTube. It doesn't work. Uh, but I handed these things out and I'm so super proud of them. Uh, this was an exclusive giveaway that I had for anybody that I met at TwitchCon. I had to meet you while I was there. This is a solid steel bottle opener in the shape of an ace of spades. The middle is the spade and that's where you put the bottle cap and then pop, it's cool. But at the bottom, I had my logo the Twitch glitch icon and the year 2023, they're laser engraved at the bottom of these. The only way people got these was by meeting me at TwitchCon. So, but it was really cool because I got to have conversations with people that I normally only see on Twitch. And it was really nice. I got to meet some fans. I got to meet some creators. Um, really, really cool moments. And again, the other thing is you get to, so for example, um, you get to meet, if you catch him, like he'll stop. Like literally I saw him do this twice. I didn't need to cause I met him last year. Uh, but the Twitch CEO, Dan Clancy, he's just walking the floor. Like he doesn't have a bunch of bodyguards around him. He's not high and mighty. Like I'm too good for all of you. Cause I'm the CEO. He is a Twitch streamer, by the way, he's a Twitch streamer who got denied partner, but funny. Um, he is a Twitch streamer and he just walks around. And if you stop him, unless he has like something really important to go get to, He'll sit and he'll, he'll answer your questions. Be like, great, it's nice to meet you. Like, super nice guy. Uh, he was usually walking around, funny enough, either with what I think was an assistant. I saw the same person with him tw on two different days. So it might be somebody that was like Twitch staff that was helping him. Maybe, Like I said, maybe a, a personal assistant or something like that. Um, but I also saw him occasionally walking with partners, just having conversations, just, you know, doing things. He's been doing things with partners lately. So it's those kinds of unique moments where you get to go beyond the recaps that your favorite Twitch streamer, Papa Juggernaut, puts together every year. You get to go beyond that if you're at TwitchCon. You attend your own sessions. Maybe one day you'll be hosting a session. Maybe one day you'll be on a session panel. Who knows? But you get to do that, and you get to meet people that you can't meet otherwise. And it's a really, really cool experience. Now, I will say, next year, I am almost certainly, unless the rumors are true, because right now the rumors are that um, CitizenCon is probably going to be in Manchester, England. Um, my plan was if it was in the United States or Canada, I would just go to CitizenCon. But if it's in Manchester, that's a bigger trip. So not sure about that one. Uh, but anyways, I would recommend if you are a Twitch content creator, do yourself a favor. You've got a year to save. It will not be in Las Vegas next year. Twitch has already announced that it will not return to Vegas uh, for next year. So start saving. If you're a content creator, start doing, you know, maybe some, um, uh, some uh, subathons or whatever to try to raise money throughout the year to to get yourself where you need to go for wherever TwitchCon is going to be. It will be in North America, probably in the United States, uh, but it just won't be in Vegas. Probably won't be San Diego either. I'm betting East Coast. It would make it would make sense if they finally move it Midwest or East Coast. And if it's the Midwest, it'll probably be the Eastern Midwest, like Ohio. Uh, or Missouri, you know, they'll, they'll do it in like, you know, um, uh, St. Louis or something like that, you know, something like that, or Atlanta, you know, well, that's, that's super East coast. But anyways, if you can go to TwitchCon, if you are a Twitch content creator, I strongly encourage you to do so because you're going to have unique experiences that even my amazing TwitchCon 2023 recap can't give you. So give that a shot. Okay. 
Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is PC Gamer. Here's my problem. Let me explain. PC Gamer comes out with a uh, annual list. Their top 100 games of the year. Okay. Now, this is just for the PC folks. If you're a console gamer, uh, go play Solitaire. Um, top 100 PC games. Okay. The interesting thing is it's not the top games from that year. It's the top games you can play that year, which is basically everything. So first of all, I don't see the point. If it's just games I could play, okay, well, that includes Red Dead 1. Like, that's not from this year. That's not even from this decade. Why why have the list? You could just regurgitate. Literally, the last, what, three, four years, they've had the same game in the top 10 four times? Like... The whole concept of the list just baffles me because this is just games you can play. Okay, great. I don't need you to tell me what I can play. I want you to tell me what the best new game was. But they don't do that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down this a little bit because this year they did it differently. If you're familiar with how they've done it in the past, they made changes for this year, including adding some interesting factors. Um. So like here, okay. So, uh, is it a list of games? Sorry, what is the purpose? So the they were asking some questions like, what is the purpose of the top one hundred? Is it a list of games the PC gamer team loves? No. Is it a way to recognize the most important games on the platform? No. Is it a celebration of the most exciting and vibrant communities? No. Or is it simply a helpful guide to what's still worth playing today? Yes, that's the goal of it. I don't need you to tell me what you think is still worth playing. I would like your expertise on what new games came out because there are so many of them. Maybe I need a guide to that. But if a game came out 10 years ago and you're telling me that it's one of the best games to play this year, do you think I didn't hear about it in the last nine years? Like, is that the assumption they're making of their audience? And PC Gamer, I will say, PC Gamer did an entire podcast episode on their top 100 list and I listened to it and I got more and more frustrated as the episode went on. First of all, it sounded like it was a bunch of people basically just voting and they were like, okay, I'm going to rank and they would like rank the thing, rant income, no shit. So, um, well, no, why would it be? It's behind my head, blood type. Um, and so basically they had all these different factors and then they would do that. And then somebody would come in and put all this information together and say, great, that's our list. Who cares? I, I, I don't get that. Okay. So. Here's how the scoring system worked, and I'm not making this up. There were six levels of the process, okay, six different steps. They would rank things based on quality of game, importance of game, and literally, like, it's it's historical significance. Like, how important is that game to the world of PC gaming? How you quantify that, I have no idea, but who cares? Then there was hotness. How popular is it, basically? And then playability. Is it still playable today? Is it playable, you know, with basic connections? Do you have to get adapters? Do you have to port it over? Like, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff, okay? So they had those keys. Then they would take each of those categories, those four categories, which is not the same categories they've used in the previous years. They added the, especially the importance thing was a new one. 
Uh, so they would take those and then divide it by the number of people who voted for it. So for example, they would take a game's quality score and divide that by the number of people who voted for that game with a quality score. I want you to think about that. Like that's a factorial number. Like that just goes deep. Okay. That's whoa, lots of math. Okay. Because now one game could have gotten three votes, you know, three quality votes and another game could have gotten 30 quality votes or however many people were on the entire voting panel. I'm not sure that's fair. I'm not a statistician, but that does seem a little funky, but whatever they did that per game per category. Then they took the average score, which is what that second step uh, 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 quantifies. They took that average score, divided it by 100, and multiplied it by 60 if it's the quality category, multiplied it by 15 if it's the importance category, multiplied it by 15 if it's the hotness category, or multiplied it by 10 if it's the playability category. So quite literally, the quality of the game was 60% of the overall score. Why? Again, why? It has nothing to do with, is it a new game? It has nothing to do with how playable, literally the, the playability, the thing that if it doesn't, if that score isn't high enough, it's not playable. Literally, that was the least important thing they rate, they rated everything on. So it's, super high quality game, but I can't play it, but it became number, I don't know, nine on your list. Like, how is that a top 100 game? That doesn't mean you can't play it, but it's cool. Okay. Awesome. I don't, I don't see how that helps anybody, but let's move on. So then they took all those percentages and they put it on the list. Okay. Then they gave it ranks from there and they would move things around if they wanted to. None of this is right. None of this is logical. It's ridiculous. I have a problem with the whole list. Now let's talk about the top 10, shall we? The top 10 games, uh, blah, blah, blah. Hold on. I got I to gotta scroll down. They would promote and demote. There we go. So Baldur's Gate. Th- oh, that's right. The other problem with this list. Oh my God. The other problem with this list. The list was calculated before Baldur's Gate 3 came out. Probably the title that will win game of the year wasn't out yet because they calculated the best games of 2023 in July. Half the year wasn't done yet. How is this possibly the list of the best games to play in 2023 when all of the games in the last half of the year were not included? So what they did was they said, we're giving, and I quote, special mention to Baldur's Gate 3. Okay, so A, your list is ridiculous. B, your list was completed before the year ended. I am sure, I, I will say, I am sure that they went back probably in the third quarter somewhere because the game, the list was already out before October or in October. So they had to have done it before the third quarter, which means they missed all of the fourth quarter, guaranteed. They might have moved some things around at the end, you know, third quarter-ish, but guaranteed fourth quarter was gone because we're in it now and the list is out. So they had a special mention for Baldur's Gate 3. And I'm like, no, that no, stop it. Uh, and they give they gave this whole like long lecture about why that was important. So, anyways, 
Uh, I'm going to scroll down to the top 10. Okay. This is the top 10 games of 2023. Bullshit. Number 10, XCOM 2. XCOM 2 came out seven years ago, but it's the number 10 best game of this year. Okay. I don't get it, but okay. Uh, they said that it's got a really high quality score. Uh, playability was good. So number 10. Okay. Number nine, Divinity Original Sin 2. That came out six years ago. So 20% of this list so far, we're two for two. 20% of this list so far did not come out this year. Didn't even come out this decade. Okay. Number eight, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. That game is 11 years old and it just got replaced this year. Literally, that game got replaced this year. And it's one of the top 10 games of 2023. <laughs> it's 11 years old. I don't understand. I'm lost. Help. They gave it. Okay, who cares? I don't give a crap about the score. Whatever. So that was number eight. We're now three for three. The top 10 games of 2023 have not been released this decade. Okay. Number seven, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a four-year-old game. Okay. Great game. You guys know I love RDR2. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's great. Story. One of the best stories ever done in gaming. Still wasn't released this decade. They still said it was one of the top 10 games of 2023. Okay. Man, I wish we had the alcohol redeems on this stream. Now, we get to number six. Okay. CSGO is top 10. Yes, thank you. Chad is like, what the fuck? Okay. Finally, number six, we get to a game of this decade. We get to a game of this year. According to PC Gamer, the number six game for the top 100 of 2023 is Street Fighter VI. Let me explain. I'm old enough to have played the original Street Fighter. Okay, I was, I was there when Street Fighter was announced. I played it. I was there. I did it. To say that Street Fighter VI is one of the top 10 games of 2023, no. Cool franchise, you know, a, a legacy, great thing. Sick, this is the sixth iteration of it. Great. Um, no. Not number six. I, I would have put it probably somewhere between 11 and 20. I, I would have been okay with maybe an 18. Maybe a 15. I, I could see those. You know, it, it's got some cool stuff. It's It's got some upgrades. Great. But they made it number six. Eh. Okay. Let's move on to number five. Remember that thing I was saying a couple minutes ago about not being released in this decade? How about a game that wasn't released in the decade before that? Number five on the list of top 100 games of 2023, Half-Life 2. Just going to let you just wallow in that for a moment. Stew in the goo that I just laid upon you. Half-Life 2, 
number five game of 2023. Okay. We're going to move right along. Number four, speaking of games not released in this decade or the last one, number four, Dwarf Fortress. That game was released in 2006. Man, I don't know what the hell's in my eyes. 2006, number four game of 2023. Okay, good times. By the way, the playability score, according to them, the playability score is about 50%. So about 50% playability score, half people can't play it, but it's one of the top 10 games. Okay, sure. You guys ready for the top three? Top three, just, I, I, I couldn't. I just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around, couldn't do it. Number three, Crusader Kings 3. Because... What PC gamer doesn't have Crusader Kings 3 installed on their hard drive today? Oh, that's right. All of us! Nobody had... Who cares? How is this the time? I get that. It was a great game when it came out. It, 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 it did... it Cool. People loved it. Fantastic. It is not a top game of 2023. It is not the top three game of 2023. Crusader Kings 3. Number three game of 2023. This is how the world ends. This is the sign of the apocalypse. Dogs and cats are living together and Crusader Kings 3 is on the top 100 list. Okay. It just, it's a sign. Go get your guns and your, and your Ziploc food. Okay. We're going to need it. Okay. Number two. Oh, number two. The second best game of 2023. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Again, I get it. Popular game. Very, pl- people loved it. I don't, dis- I, there's no disagreement there. Not a top 10 game of 2023. Not the second best, second best game of the year was released eight years ago. Eh, wrong. Stupid. And I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. I wish that this was a typo, but it's not. I wish that I took this from some sort of Star Trek alternate universe where time and space converge at some sort of a quantum singularity, but I didn't. The number one game of 2023, Disco Elysium. You heard me, right? I didn't dub that. That wasn't some sort of, you know, foreign hacking job. The number one game of 2023, according to PC Gamer Magazine, is Disco Elysium. It has been on this list for four years straight. It was released four years ago. <laughs> In chat, it's, I think PC Gamer hasn't even tried any new games. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> I, I mean... I don't even know what I mean. I, I, I don't mean anything. I, this means... I'm going to tell you number... Here, 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 let's go to number 11. I'm going to roll down to number 11, okay? Hold on. Number 11, Stardew Valley. Again, seven years old. Number 12, Hades. 
Number 13, Baldur's Gate 2. Okay, number 13 was Baldur's Gate 2. That's a 23-year-old game. Number 14, RimWorld. Number 15, Minecraft. I still have a problem with the fact that it is not today's game, but it does release DLCs. It does release updates, so at least there's that. But yes, Minecraft was number 15. Disco Elysium was rated more important to the world of gaming than Minecraft. In fact, it, where is it? Uh, where's that hotness score? Okay, so hotness was, it looks like it's about 79, maybe 80%. Whereas Disco Elysium, hotness, oh God, I scrolled too far. Oh, shoot, hold on. Sorry. No, no, no. Shit, I went way too far. This is not the bottom of the list. This is a whole other thing. Yes, Disco Elysium was rated at approximately 70% hotness. Minecraft was rated at 80%. That's how, okay. I've never even heard of that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so Minecraft was number 15. Okay. Let's go to number 16, Portal 2. I kind of get that one. Again, not released this year. It's a 12-year-old game, but whatever. Number 16 is Portal 2. Number 17, Persona 5 Royal. I kind of get that. The whole Persona series, wildly popular. Okay, let's move on. Number 18, Pentiment. Number 19, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mass Effect still popular. Number 20, Final Fantasy 14, which has a slightly higher, sorry, sorry, slightly lower uh, hotness score than Minecraft. So yeah. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 made it to number 22. Elden Ring was 23. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Crusader Kings was ranked 20 positions higher than Elden Ring. Enjoy that one. Uh, Fallout New Vegas was 25. Hitman 3, 26. Hunt Showdown, 27. Kerbal Space Program. I know a lot of you guys are into space games, sci-fi. Kerbal Space Program was 28. Uh, Planescape, uh, sorry, Planescape Torment was 29. I put all my T words together. And then number 30, Monster Hunter Rise. Okay, there's your top 30 games, one of which came out this year. I, I just, I can't. We're going to move on, okay? Just for our own sanity, we need to move on in life. So let's go on to Fortnite. This is the pro. This is the part of the program that I literally added a few hours ago because Rytark in uh, the PJ Party Discord was like, hey, Fortnite dropped. Good point. Let's add that to the show. So Fortnite came out. Here's some cool stuff about Fortnite. Um, if you play Fortnite, you must have played this by now. Um Brand new drop. It brought a lot of stuff into Fortnite. Okay. I'm going to go through everything new coming in Fortnite OG, new outfits, new weapons, new items, new maps. And of course that whole OG feel it, like that's why it's called OG. It, it kind of brings you back to that original thing that you, all the nostalgia, like that's a whole fun thing. Blood Tide says MHR monster hunter rise is an amazing game. Final fantasy 14 is a, yeah, yeah, they're popular. It's just top 30 games of 2023, and one of them is from the year. So, 
Uh, what do we got? We have. I want to go through this list. Uh, Eleven and Steve from the Stranger Things are coming into Fortnite, so they are there here. They are now here. So you've got uh, Ele- Eleven and Steve, uh, brand new characters in the game. Uh, the gameplay trailer was pretty cool. New skins: Lil Split, the delicious Jesus Christ, the delicious banana Sunday mashup of Peely and Lil Whip. Omega Rock, which is a warrior descended from Omega and Ragnarok. Renegade Lynx is a raider on her ninth life drawn from Renegade Raider and Lynx. They're just combining names. This is not very original. Spectra Knight, an ultra customizable knight with color, helmet, and banner options honoring Red Knight, Black Knight, Ultima Knight, and more. So cool new skins. Remix outfits are coming to the store. If you want to learn about those, have a good time. Uh, But all the weapons, items, and vehicles that will be available throughout Fortnite OG. Week one, in week one of the launch, new assault rifle, pump shotgun, hunting rifle, damage trap, grappler, boogie bomb, shopping cart, and the all-terrain cart. In week two, double barrel shotgun, clinger, six shooter, chiller trap, porta fortress, mounted turrets, quad crasher, drift board. Week three, flint knock pistol, minigun, quad launcher, poison dart trap, itemized glider redeploy, buried treasure, X4 stormwing, pirate cannon. Week four, heavy sniper rifle, proximity grenade launcher, airstrike, junk rift, storm flip, jetpack, the baller. You also get new maps for its four weeks. Uh, so what do we get? Uh, it'll change week by week, blah, blah, blah. New cosmetics. Uh, what do we get here? Where are the cosmetics? Oh, there we go. Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah, you get a bunch of those things. Whoo. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking at like the uh uh I want to say season pass, but that's not right. Um all the stuff you can unlock, that's pretty impressive. Let's see, we've got Burning Dragon, Spectrokinetic, King of Spades, King of Hearts, King of Clubs, King of Diamonds, Raiders Return. Like, there's a lot of stuff, man. Woo. Anyways, this was the exciting thing. It again, it's all that nostalgia with Fortnite, which I, I like Fortnite. You guys don't see me play it on stream, but I love the game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the community can be pretty toxic, but whatever. Uh, I used to play Fortnite with my son. He was really into it, um, and he he always wanted to play with dad. So I was like, okay, cool. So he taught me how to play it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I I do enjoy the game, and I like seeing where they're making things the community wants them to make, because typically game studios succeed when they at least hear the audience when they're hearing their community. They don't have to do exactly what the community says. I mean, let's be honest, communities can have dumb ideas too. But when they take that feedback and they're like, cool, let's make this into interesting stuff. Let's give people a a, a new valuable update to the game. They get results like this. So what do I mean by results like this? Here's the result. The Fortnite player count has reached a new all-time high. More people are playing Fortnite today than at any other point in Fortnite history. That's impressive because Fortnite's a big game, okay? Um, dude, I'm looking for the exact number. Uh, there we go. Uh, launched in September 2017, Fortnite has already fully embedded itself in the heart of the video game industry, pulling in an average of just over 250 million monthly active players last year. 250 million active players last year per month. That's insane. 
It does collabs with artists, streamers, movies, TV shows, and comic books to fully-fledged in-game concerts featuring the likes of Ariana Grande and Travis Scott. The Battle Royale has done it all. And it's fun. I like it. Uh, It's still growing. On November 3rd, 2023, Fortnite reached a new all-time high in the number of concurrent players. This information comes from the independent Fortnite tracking website, Fortnite.gg, which has measured more than 5 million players logged into Fortnite at the same time. 5 million players at once. That's impressive. Congratulations to Epic. Well earned. You've done good things with this game. Congratulates. Um, Let's see. Uh, Since it's only the first day of the new season. Yeah, I should clarify. That was day one of the launch. So that was, you know, 5 million concurrent players at one time. Uh, As this article says, quote, we can expect the player count to go even higher over the weekend when most people are free to play. I think they're right about that. I don't think you had everybody playing in the middle of the week or, you know, Thursday slash Friday. Um, I think we're going to see more over the weekend, but it'll be interesting to see how much higher that number goes if it goes higher. That'll be interesting. Uh, And then blah, blah, blah article. Yes. So uh, definitely check it out. If you enjoy Fortnite, go jump in. It's a good time. We're going to move on to the final topic of tonight, which is our big chat, and that is doxing. Jax Films and Sniper. Um, It is... As a content creator, I can tell you, people, you know, sometimes question why I don't release release so much information about my personal life, uh, because a lot of streamers do. A lot of streamers will tell you maybe the city they live in, or uh, they'll mention their spouse on on stream, or they'll talk about how old their kid is, or whatever. I don't do any of that because there are psycho people like Sniper Wolf who will do bad things with it. If you're not familiar with the backstory about what happened with Jack's uh, Jack's films and Sniper Wolf, Sniper Wolf is a um a dangerous person. Okay, Sniper Wolf had beef with Jack's films, and they they had a streamer battle and whatever whatever the drama. Well, one day she decided that she was going to take a photo of his house, his house post it on her Instagram with his address and share that to her 5 million Instagram followers. Five, it was five or 14, who cares? Whatever, millions of people. She posted it online. She was like, hey, let's, you know, I think she said something like, you know, let's talk or, um, you know, can't we meet or something like that. Posted a picture of the dude's house with his address to, to at least 5 million people. That's called doxing. And they're both YouTube streamers. And it was fairly quick. She took it down eventually. It had been up a little bit, but she took it down, which means enough people, thousands upon thousands of people had the ability to screenshot it, share it. Now the whole world has his personal address, his house. So he got doxxed. That has started an entire conversation. Because he posted on X, I think it was an X post. I don't think it started as a YouTube post. I think it started as an X post. He tagged YouTube and said, you need to remove her from the platform. If she's going to dox creators like this, she is a danger to all of us. Remove her from your platform. YouTube was silent. 
YouTube said nothing. YouTube did nothing. They just kept on going with their day-to-day activities. Hey, look, we're going to do hype trains or whatever, or hype, what do they call it? Stream, super, super chat. Sorry, I I switched over for a minute. Super chats. Um, Yeah. So it was pretty bad. Um, He released an update the day that uh, I'm recording the show, which is Friday. He released an update. Uh, He said that he and his wife are okay or his significant. I think they're married. Yeah, they're married. Um, He said, you know, he and his partner are okay. Uh, but they are afraid to leave their house because they don't know who's maybe waiting in their neighborhood. Um, and they're considering moving. That sucks. Okay. As, as a content creator, that sucks. I don't tell people where I work. I don't tell people where my wife works. I don't tell people where my kid goes to school because no, it, it would be a very bad day for someone else if they decided to dox me, I don't know what skills Jack's films has. I know what skills I have. So I keep things private and he, so did he, so did Jack's films and it got doxed by sniper wolf now. So, uh, hold on. Let's see. No, I was right. 5.6 million Instagram followers. And he did. He posted it on X. I was right. Good. Winning. Uh, Where is... She never apologized, by the way. I I should make that very clear. She never apologized for it. She never regretted it. Um, She just kept going on with her crazy self. Okay. YouTube finally... What did they... um, I want to say they demonetized her for like three days. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, this was a, a, just a lovely response from Sniper Wolf. Quote, wow, I can't stand that a female YouTuber is getting more views than me, even though I make the same content. Girl, life is hard. She sees nothing wrong with releasing somebody's personal home address. Like she's not an issue for her. Um, blah, 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 blah. There's a thing. No, no. Where in the hell YouTube, like they literally, where is it? There it is. Okay. So on October 20th, YouTube responded to Jack's films on, on Twitter X, whatever, confirming that her channel had received a temporary monetization suspension. Okay. Quote, I will read, I will read YouTube's response. Confirming Sniper Wolf has received a temporary monetization per creator responsibility policies. Off-platform actions that put others' personal safety at risk, harm our community, and the behavior on both sides isn't what we want on YouTube. Hoping everyone helps move this. I think it says forward. Sorry, I was reading a clip of it. Moving. Oh, moving this convo to a better place. They literally criticized the victim while giving a slap on the wrist to the perpetrator. She doxed somebody to 5 million people and YouTube said, you're both wrong. How? Okay. They did what they did. So, uh, let's see. Okay. She finally said, 
Let me start by saying I'm sorry for my recent actions. You can guess based on my previous statement how much I believed what she writes. Let me start by saying I'm sorry for my recent actions. It is inexcusable. I'm sorry to Jack's Films, YouTube, the entire creator community, and my incredible fans for not being a better example for appropriate conflict resolution. Let's stop there. That's not the end of her statement, but let's stop there. I will judge somebody. Absolutely, unequivocally, I will judge somebody who falls into the category of an incredible fan of her. If you're a fan of that behavior, you are part of the problem. If you're fine with somebody risking the life, and when you are a celebrity at that level, when you have millions of followers, you don't know how many of them are mentally unstable and are a threat to you. If you're accepting, if you're cool with somebody who says, I'm going to expose you to those people. I'm going to expose your family to those people and they get to come find you and not just your fans, but also my fans that hate you. I'm going to send them your home address. If you're cool with that behavior. You're part of the problem. Because that means that you're saying, I don't care how terrible of a human you are. I don't care how dangerous you are. I think you're entertaining. Next show, please. That's stupid. That's, that's fucking garbage. I'll read the rest. Uh, and my incredible fans for not being a better example for appropriate conflict resolution. She made so many statements about this before the apology this is not her apology. This is what her PR department, or maybe her lawyer, told her to write. Also, she's never been this eloquent in her life. Jack's film, while we certainly don't see eye to eye and have our differences, I am sorry for reacting the way I did when I should have taken the opportunity to show young creators how adults and professionals resolve conflict by communicating directly, respectfully, and privately. Not for views or content, but a meaningful example of how conflict should be solved. If anybody that is a fan of Sniper Wolf thinks that was written by her, you're not a fan of Sniper Wolf because you've never watched her shit. She makes garbage. But all of a sudden, she's got a fucking Juris Doctorate. Good for her. I will reach out directly and hope we can find some time to connect and communicate respectfully. I'd also like to thank YouTube for holding me accountable. I deserve it. Respect the decision and appreciate the opportunity to learn and grow from a true lapse in judgment. <laughs> Pile of shit. Okay. Pile of shit. So that's what happened. Okay. She got a slap on the wrist. She was forced to have her attorney write an apology letter because she didn't write it. She probably doesn't even believe it. Jack's Films still has his public home address, or his home address is now public. He and his wife are afraid to leave their homes, and YouTube chastised him. No, this, none of this is right. Nothing about this makes sense. It's so bad. We can't keep putting up with this shit. When you have people, I'm not going to name, never mind, I'm not going to name anybody. I was going to name people, but that's dumb. When you have people who make content at the expense of unwilling others, we can't reward that. 
We can't support that kind of content because that means we're okay with victimization as long as it's entertaining. The interesting thing, and and I'll give you a couple of comparisons to actual TV shows that have quote unquote victims. Okay. More recently in time, we can look at something like Jackass. Okay. The people that were the victims in Jackass were people who were willing for the most part. There, there were a couple of things where they did um, things to people, in, but they, they really never did that. They always focused on each other. They were willing victims. They were willing participants in the entertainment. They signed up to have, you know, testicles burned or whatever the hell they were doing. You know, having a, a scorpion sting their tongue. I don't know. What the fuck? It's dumb. But they were volunteers. They signed up for that. If you go back in time, let's go to an older show called America's Funniest Videos. It used to be called America's Funniest Home Videos, and they got rid of that because some of it didn't happen at home. But America's Funniest Videos, the people who sent in the videos were the people in the videos. They signed up to be embarrassed on television or to entertain you at their expense. If there's streamers out there, or, or, or I don't care if they're YouTubers or whatever they do, if they're out there and they're creating content at someone else's expense who didn't sign up for it, and we, the viewing public, continue to watch their videos, cheer them on, send them money, buy their merch, we're saying we're okay with you hurting someone else because I laughed. I'm okay with that. It's just wrong. This isn't how we're going to get better content. This isn't how you're going to get creative people. This is how you're going to get trash. And it's on all of us. We all have to say that that is not acceptable. There's still, I'm going to, I didn't even look this up. I should have looked this up before. I got an idea. How many followers does she have now? When she doxed uh, Jack's film, she had 5.6 million Instagram followers. She currently has Snapper. Well, there she is. Oh, there she is. Oh, no. Oh, poor her. She's down to 5.5 million. Oh, no. Boy, she suffered. Mm hmm. Okay. That's a whole bunch of people who are still okay with her crap. I I don't see how that helps us as a community uh, of of viewers. I don't see that helps us as a community on YouTube. I don't see the, how that helps us as a community on the planet Earth. It's just all bad. And it could, you know, hopefully this never happens, but it could risk the health and safety of Jack's films and his wife. It's just like... Yeah, exactly. Bloodside said it in chat. She makes us a lot of money, so we won't do anything too hard. The streaming platforms do the same thing. Kick does it. Twitch does it. They very selectively enforce their rules when it comes to the people who make them a shit ton of money. It's like, oh, you're broadcasting an entire Disney film. Well, we're going to come tell you, don't do that again. You know, if I broadcast an entire Disney film, my ass would have been suspended. If, excuse me, uh, broadcast something, 
you know, that happens to be DMCA or copyright protected, uh, they're just going to say, please don't. So let's stop. Let's not do that anymore. Okay. When, when streamers victimize or any other content creator, when a content creator makes somebody else the victim and that person didn't agree to it, we need to stop supporting that person because that means they're okay with hurting people also. Like take that, the, the logical step, okay? The, the fall down that, that slippery slope, you're okay with them hurting people because they're okay with hurting people. They don't care. They either want the money, the fame, or the power, or all three at the expense of other people. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care who's the victim. They don't care who suffers. They're just like, yeah, but I'm famous. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, there's there's now that quote that is running around from Matthew Perry. Uh, when Matthew Perry was very early in his acting career, uh, he admitted, and he said this many times, it's not a secret. He said it many times. I prayed to God, I will do anything you want. Or I think he said, uh, I will let you do anything you want to me. Please make me famous. I mean, th- that's how badly some people crave this. And it, it's now, you know, it's, it's another, and this isn't the first, like, I'm not saying that this whole thing with Sniper Wolf and Jack's films is like, it's the first doxing incident. We all have to stop. It's like the billionth, but we haven't stopped it yet. We still tell people there's still five and a half million people following the perpetrator. How many does Jack's have, by the way? I don't even know if I looked. Is he on Instagram? Jack's film. I don't think he's on Instagram. Oh, there he is. Jack. Is that? Nope, that's not him. Fake account. Um, you know, so it's just, like I said, we, we need to do better with this. Doxing is a very, very, very dangerous thing. Uh, if you see somebody trying to release private information about a public figure, do whatever you can to stop it. Report the post. Um, delete it if, if you're a, like a, a mod or an admin or somewhere. You know, immediately shut that crap down because it can cost people their lives. It can cost. So, for example, um, you know, kids, kids didn't sign up to to be famous because of their parents. You know, and and it could cost that kid, you know, their 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 peace at school. It could cost them friends. It could put them at risk. They, they could become a kidnapping target. You know, we all have to do something when we see this kind of crap. If somebody is out there doxing. Don't support them anymore. Unfollow them wherever you can. Report them to the platform that you found it on. Do all that kind of stuff because the more we say we're okay with this, the more dangerous it gets. And that's what we need to be very, very cautious of because, again, if we're okay with doing that to somebody else, that that doesn't say a lot for us as a system. Well, as a, I'll, I'll leave it at community level, but it's just a bad thing. So... That's where we're going to leave it tonight, everybody, or tomorrow or, or daytime or morning or whatever time you're listening to this. Uh, like I said, please drop a follow on the YouTube channel. I would appreciate it. I don't dox people. I would love to earn your support. Um, do the same thing on Twitch if you'd like. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new content coming out. Uh, I usually stream. If you if you haven't caught my live gaming streams, I stream uh, three times a week live on Twitch. I stream Star Citizen and Starfield. Or as my community hears me say all the time, I stream two games and two games only. I stream Star Citizen and Starfield. Uh, we've got a very active Discord. Would love for you to join. Invitations are now open. And if you are a Star Citizen player with a hull C as your ship, 
Uh, I am currently giving away a Hull C3 paint pack, uh, but it is a Discord exclusive giveaway. So you've got to join the Discord and then go to the Star Citizen chat channel. You will find the entry there. That's where you can do that. Uh, otherwise, go have yourself a good morning, a good day, a good night, whatever it is for you. And I will see you next Friday. See ya.